Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. Jeff, could you maybe laugh just a little bit less? Come on, man. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Kathy Fetke. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Thank you so much for having me. It is wonderful, actually. I, I bet it is. <laughs> We're both in California. We have nothing to complain about. No. I, whenever I hear people complain, I just give them a dirty eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give them the roll the eyes a little bit. <laughs> right, right. And stop it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be, great. Be grateful for wh- where we're at. Okay. Yeah. So you are the CEO and co-founder of Real Worth Network. No, Real Wealth Network. And that's at realwealthnetwork.com. And you co-founded that with your husband, Rich. Um, and we're going to get into that because it sounds really cool and you help people get that ever elusive passive income that everybody talks about uh, <laughs> and maybe retire early, right? Uh, and, and save some time while they're doing it. But let's let's go back in time and get the Kathy Fetke superhero origin story. So <laughs> who did you hang out with when you were little Kathy in high school? Do I have to answer that? <laughs> Um, no. <laughs> Do I have to not answer it honestly? No, not at all. Make it up. You know, who's going to know? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, okay. I don't, I don't know who the audience is and if they're going to be offended, but since, um, since Please. marijuana is being legalized yes. across the country, Yay! my sister, my first day of high school, my sister took me to the parking lot and said, welcome to high school, honey. And she <laughs> wow. gave me a joint and, uh, that was <laughs> That's that was awesome. it. So, uh, you know, I ended up in the stoner crowd. I'm not proud of, of high school. I just yeah. sort of, yeah, you know, I just sort of got through it. No, that's that's cool because I think that's the first honest answer I've got. Most people say they were a jock or they were a nerd or they were a jock nerd hybrid or they were super academic and shy and quiet. I was a stoner. You were a stoner. <laughs> I love that. I had a stoner phase. <laughs> I, everything for me was a phase. So yeah. somewhere, uh, now I had a legal answer for when I, I joined the air force, but it was like this negotiation with me and my recruiter. But let's just say for about a year, year and a half, uh, lunchtime included a lot of, uh, sneak <laughs> <laughs> There you go. There you go. It makes for tough studying. Yeah. Afterwards that second I know. half. You just, you're hard. You're, it's hard to bother you. Yeah, it's also hard to stay awake. (laughs) But back then, it was kind of different. It's been so genetically engineered. I, I I don't know. I could never do it today. It's not the same. I mean, back then it was just pretty, pretty Mm. mellow. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know what it did do was kind of um, took away my uh, drive. You know that that was the main thing. So I just kind of got through high school. I didn't like it. But then when I went to college, well, I I went to Europe. That was probably. Yeah, that's really what changed everything. I ended up doing um, a student exchange program and lived in Switzerland right after I graduated, like literally like the next day. Switzerland. Yeah. Neat. 
And they don't smoke pot and they don't drink. I mean, it was the opposite of what I experienced wow. growing up in California. And it was good for me. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. got a little like almost pseudo militaristic sort of structure. Yeah, it was so weird because I, you know, I went to this gymnasium, you know, they call it, I'd ride my little bike to school and um, I was so excited to get invited to go out with this group of Swiss kids. And, uh, you know, they, we go to some bar and, and you, there was no drinking age. I was like, this is awesome. And I ordered a <laughs> beer and they just stared at me like I was from another planet. You what know, are you like, doing? Yeah, they ordered tea, you know, and I'm wow. like, okay, it's different here. It was good. It was healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish I would have had that experience too. It makes me a different person now. Yeah. <laughs> we all have our struggles and our coping mechanisms, but one of my favorites is beer. Mm. You know, uh, I my my dope, my weed, my marijuana habit had to stop like before I even turned eighteen because I joined the Air Force, and then I get avoided it like the plague. <laughs> basically the rest of my life um, just because there was monthly random tests, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. You have to be good now. <laughs> <laughs> right. But right. you know, beer has always been, you know, yeah, yeah. Let's go to the club after work. You know, that's funny. Yeah. 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 You don't see it as the same. Right? Exactly. Okay. So what was, what were your college days like? What did you study? Uh, well then, yeah. So when I went to college, I, after having spent a year in Switzerland and becoming fluent in Swiss and German at wow, the time, fun. it's not, it's been a while. I'm not so fluent today, but right. um, I picked time. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did. And I, it I goes saw, away if you don't use it. Yeah. Oh, does it ever. Right. It's, it's really unfortunate, but, um, but, but I saw a different way of living, just a completely different perspective on politics, right. on even Christmas, like they did Christmas different, you know, it was like, yeah. wow, this is, it's not all the same across the world. So it was very enlightening for me. And, um, and so when I came back, uh, what I came back with from Europe was an incredible appreciation for America and for our educational system. Uh, they, you know, they were the people I hung out with were so incredibly jealous of of the California colleges that were so easy for me to go to and so cheap. Right, right. They would do anything for that. They can't there if you don't make a certain if you don't go down a certain path that's determined by the time you're in junior high in Europe, you don't get to go to college. It's just it's very wow. different. So wow. I just turned around and like, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this wonderful country I live in. I got straight A's to my parents' great surprise. <laughs> so you went from stoner to straight A kid. And, and, totally. And you, can, and you can thank Europe for that. Wow. I can, that, yeah. What a path. I love that. <laughs> it, and I think college also is different in that you get to choose what you want to learn, and that's sort of hard about high school. You just kind of stuck learning right, stuff right, you care right, about. Right, and from teachers that you you don't have any choice dealing with. Right, they don't care a lot of times. Right, right, right. So in college, I just I just ate it up. I just loved it, and in that process, I discovered I really liked broadcasting and news and political science and so forth. So I ended up. Uh, graduating from San Francisco State University in their broadcast communications department. And that um, allowed me to be an intern in San Francisco at CNN. and oh, uh, neat. Yeah, at Fox News and um, ABC. And I, I, it, was, it was wonderful to be in school and then be able to be live on a set. Mm. Um, sometimes the reporter wasn't there or whatever, and they'd send me out. So, um, wow. I ended up getting hired, worked in the news media 
But then um, Rich and I, you know, I uh, actually, <laughs> yeah, so then I got married and uh, I didn't want to be chasing fires. I, I was pregnant. <laughs> right, the, right. The, the station, there was a major strike and they wanted us marching the streets in the middle of the night. And I was, you know, six, seven, eight months pregnant. I just couldn't do it. So I quit. Right. And you were on air too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't a regular, but I was a fill-in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But mostly... But still, if you're on camera, then then it's like... I, I've heard stories about how it's like, oh, you can't be pregnant and on TV. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> changed since then. But yeah, yeah right, it was right. probably a lot like that then. It's, it's sad, but mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Know. Anyway, so yeah, so you, you end up switching. Just basically, did you just quit straight up so you could have your kid? Yeah, I just uh, chose to be a stay-at-home mom. Nothing wrong with that. It was fabulous. It was really, really great. I, I again, lived in such gratefulness to have a husband who was, you know, just achieving enormous su- success at the time. Mm-hmm. He'd written a book called Extreme Success. and wow. that, a bestseller and was published by Simon and Schuster and he was on you know media tours he was on you know in USA Today and all national media all the time and um, everything was going great we had the dream we had the cute little kids we had the beautiful house um, you know this his career taking off and then he came home one day from a routine appointment at the doctor and you know, this guy, Rich, is just the most positive person, you know, and so to see him upset, and in this case, he had tears in his eyes. Um, he came home from the doctor. He had been told that he had six months to live because what? he had melanoma, and after ta- many tests, they thought it had spread to his liver. Wow. Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> but he's <laughs> he's fine today. He's healthy as can be today. But at the time... Uh, we didn't know. Wow. And, Wait. Yeah. So let's rewind a little bit. So how long between him thinking he's going to die in six months and how long did he have to suffer with that <laughs> thought hanging around in his brain? It Too long. I mean, it right. was probably that six months, you know. Oh, my goodness. But they did wow. more testing and, and he, you know, at the end he was he was fine and um, he's healthy today. Of course, we check his skin regularly. Right. Because he still surfs and rock climbs and does all the things yeah. in the sun he probably shouldn't. But. Oh, man. <laughs> Talk about time to get a new uh, doctor. Yikes. Yeah. Well, I you know, know, melanoma is a killer. And sure. You know, when sure. you're a doctor and you see them drop one by one, you know, he it just, he had reason to believe that was true. But what was good for me was it woke me up to, you know, wow, if he's got six months to live. I mean, that's a wake up call for anyone, but you, you sure. look like different. Oh, yeah. Right, right. For him, you start making plans. You start making plans, and and he, the first thing he said, it was very interesting. He goes, "I'm really glad I lived a full life. I'm, I have no regrets." Wow, you know, and and that was powerful because and he, he had couldn't written, have been that old either. No, no, not <laughs> no. at all. Not well, at good all. Good for him. <laughs> he was, you know, in his late thirties. Right. So he felt, but he had written this book called Extreme Success, and the whole you know, um, theme of that book was to live, you know, to Mm, not mm. be a slave to your work. And so he would take every single Friday off of work and do something really fun. He'd he'd go climbing with the guys or learn skydiving or, 
you know, bungee jumping off a bridge. He, he just lived fully. He, he took such good care of us, you know, with dates. And, um, so, you know, he really could at young age of, you know, what, 38, um, really say he'd live, lived a full life. Of course he, we had small children and he wanted to be there. Yeah. Yeah, That would be a regret, but right. So ever since then, things just don't, get them down. You know, we, we've lost money, lots and lots of money on deals that didn't go well in real estate. And, you know, he's like, Hey, but I'm alive. (laughs) That's right. That's right. It changes your perspective completely. When you go through six months of thinking you're going to be dead, like any day. Wow. Yeah. And then, you know, you put your priorities in place, which is, Hey, not only am I alive, I get to see my children grow up and I get to go outside and feel the sunshine. And yeah. So you, you, you start, realizing, you know, I had that, that sort of realization when I was just on at home with my parents, um, just visiting. Well, I was there specifically because, um, one of my nieces was, uh, was getting married. So we went for the wedding, but then I stayed for, you know, about 10 days total and just, you know, hanging out, eating popcorn, you know, watching TV, you know, looking at the squirrels in the backyard, precious, just <laughs> so mundane, so nothing. But I will cherish those moments because, you know, they're like 75, no, 78, almost 80, you know. So mm-hmm. we already know they're not going to be around much longer, you know, unless, you know, the robot bodies come a lot sooner than everybody thinks. <laughs> <laughs> but you, yeah. you really have to learn to appreciate those things. So I, I get what you're where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get into how you transitioned from, so you were a stay-at-home mom and you have two kids. Mm-hmm. So you stayed home for both kids? I or did. Or did you go back for work? Yeah, okay. well, I mean, I I was always able to do little jobs from home. Like, okay. I, I, you know, Rich was a business coach, so I took the training and I could, I, I coached some clients and I, I was in the broadcast field, so I actually... Um, had started a a training teaching people on camera skills, so you know I always had I always always was an entrepreneur. I I always knew how to make money because oh, there's always a need. There's always a need. So right, yeah. right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So you're not just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, and I needed a break from my kids. I love them, of course. But I I also it was good for me, and it's good for them. You know, yeah. It's back when I put my kids in in you know daycare there was judgment around that. But mm. I would go and say, are you kidding? Do you see the things that they do with these kids? I mean, I could yeah. never be so creative. Right. They, they right. come home with things that That's I'm like, you all made they, that? It's their job to to develop. You know, they, in the Air Force, they call it the Child Development Center. That's not, a better way to call it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're they're not just having fun or screwing around. Yeah. They are having fun and screwing around, but it's educational fun and screwing around. Yeah, you just can't. I mean, kids <laughs> right. don't stop, and so right, and we're we do, you know. Yeah. So yeah. to go from six in the morning till eight at night, I mean, it's a hundred percent. So for me to just be able to let know that you know my kids were doing something that was exciting to them, and I could yeah. do something for me, it was important. So yeah, yeah, it sounds. Yeah. Have you ever heard of those uh, those cruise ships where they have they're they're specifically for parents uh, and kids? 
I haven't heard of specific cruise ships, but I've been on just regular cruise ships that uh-huh. had amazing little camps for kids. And that they, yeah, you can basically yeah. check your kid in and then yeah. go party. <laughs> oh, we would come back. We would come back and try to pick up our kids, and they're like, nah. "No, we're not done yet." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah it was great <laughs> yeah that, i heard about that i was like man that sounds like that sounds like a win-win to me oh because yeah. a lot of family vacations you know you're you're either doing a parenty thing or a kid thing mm-hmm. so somebody's you know not having a good time right <laughs> for the most part i mean yeah. parents don't really like disney all that much and kids that's all they want to do right those you sorts know, and, of kid stuff and to the people who can just enjoy 15 hours a day nonstop with their kids, God bless them. I think my bless sister's them. like that, you know? Right. Bless <laughs> them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No judgment. No judgment. Yeah. You know, I don't have kids, so judge me all you want. I, that's the way I went. <laughs> at, at around 2005, 2006, we just decided uh, we wanted to travel and keep the money. So that's what mm-hmm. we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... When did you start doing the real estate investment thing? How did that happen? What what how did that play out? Sure. So, um at this time when I had been a stay-at-home mom, I was no longer in broadcasting. I had kept a radio show on okay. a station called KNEW in San Francisco and it was just a it was just something to keep me busy and it was fun and I liked it. it kept me in the broadcast world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know the topics were random whatever I felt like it would, you know news of the day. So I thought all right, he needs, you know, if the doctor's right, he needs to enjoy 6 months. I need to figure out how to take over the finances so that he can just live. And mm, uh, but okay. I didn't know how to do that. I'd been out of the work world for for a while and uh, but I did have this show so I thought you know how can I monetize that and and of course the first thought came to mind was well sell sponsorships you know somebody might want to just you know do an advertisement on my show yeah that's usually the first place people go even podcasters yeah 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 so I just dialed for dollars and I dialed and dialed and I would just listen to other radio shows and see who was advertising and I'd call them and and I'd see if they want to advertise on my show. And it was a, a consistent no. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that story before, too. Yeah, they're all about the numbers. And you have to be able to prove your numbers, your audience size and yada, yada, yada. Right? Yep, exactly. Right, right. Okay. So what was plan B? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I thought something... I'm approaching this wrong because obviously people like to advertise, you know, and I'm not doing it right. So I thought, what could I do on this next phone call I make to make it absolutely irresistible that no one would say no to, you know, Mm. I'll give away the house. It's like, I need to hear a yes. (laughs) And, And so I thought, all right, I've been asking for advertisement, but you know, that's not really something that's exciting to people, you know, just basically saying, give me some money. Um, so I thought, all right, how do I really turn this around and make it super desirable? So I said, you know, hey, how about, how would you like to be a star? <laughs> how would right. you like to co-host with me and have me feature oh, wow. you? Wow, right. Okay. Yeah, totally shifted it. And the next person who answered said yes. Wow. Yeah. 
Interesting but approach. For that, I charged much more. I mean, it was not going to be a regular advertising fee. It was going to be a right. massive fee. But right, right. because it was worth it and because I was really offering basically my show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically you know, an infomercial for that hour for that, yeah. for that advertiser, basically. So I got a yes and I... <clears throat> I came home to my husband and said, oh, I just sold my soul. <laughs> I'm going to be doing a mortgage show now. And okay. we both laughed. And and then, you know, because he's a business coach, he said, well, how could you make that interesting? You know, and we decided personal personal stories and human interest is always more interesting. So than right. talking about rates and, you know, different loan packages and yeah, so forth. Bullet points and slideshows and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I asked this new co-host of mine, you know, do you have any interesting stories? And it just happened that he, I, just by random luck, chance, fate, uh, d- divine calling, whatever, he um, <laughs> he happened to be a real estate investor. And oh, so wow. many of the loans he was giving to people were so that they could buy assets that you know, that cash flowed so that, you know, people will get loans to buy properties that they would rent out and the rent would be much higher than all the expenses and it was cash flow. So, um, I said, well, that's great. Let's, let's interview those people. And so, you know, it just show after show clearly, I was enthusiastic because I was trying to find ways to make more money to take over the finances in our house. And I would interview people under the age of 30 who were already retired, who were multimillionaires, who started from nothing, just one property. And so then I talked about asset protection and property management and how to review an appraisal. I mean, just credit, how to repair your credit, how to get the right loan. I mean, the, the stories became endless. And um, and suddenly my sponsor, co-host's phones were absolutely ringing off the hook. Wow. So it, right yeah, away. Right away, because the stories were so compelling. Okay. And so then he just looked at me and he goes, I can't take all these calls. So why don't you get your license and do these take these mortgages? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about fate. My it goodness. Was. Wow. It was. And this was back in 2003 when I could do one loan. You know, my first loan was this guy in in Danville, California, which was kind of near where I lived, a very wealthy suburb of San Francisco. This guy comes in and I mean, he just pours his financials in front of me. He's got, you know, he's like, here's what I got. I got a million dollars here. I got money over here. I got money in stocks. I've got, I would like to refi this house. What do you recommend? And I just kind of looked at him (laughs) and said, uh, one minute, please. And I, run out and go talk to my, you know, my partner now at the time who was the co-host. Like, what do I tell him? And he tells me what to say. And I go back and I say, well, I think we should refinance this and do this and cover this and pay this. I'd have this beautiful business plan for him. And I made $10,000 on that loan that day. Wow. Yeah. And that was, that was back when. Wow. Yeah. Now, was this pre or post bubble? Pre. (laughs) Mortgage brokers. This is when used car salespeople became mortgage brokers and were suddenly owning mansions and driving cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one of those. (laughs) Everyone knows one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I bought my, the the house that I'm living in, which is, uh, it's just a townhouse here in in Torrance. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, he, um, he was the, he was a mortgage broker slash real estate agent. 
Mm-hmm. So, right. He did my, he was my sales agent and he also did my 80, 20 to loan kind of whatever they called those things back then. Those really silly, um, not fixed. That's for sure. Variable rate. There you go. That's what, that's what it was. Yeah, and the pay or the, yeah, yeah the, it was like, you have to pay it gamble. off. Yeah, yeah, it was you have to pay it off or refi it in eight years. And then there was a second that you had to pay off immediately. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it I was, remember those days. It was stupid money. It was money I didn't know existed. I, I mean, right. this guy comes in, wants to refi his million dollar loan. Mm. I, I couldn't bring myself to charge more than 1%, which is like the minimum that anyone would make on that. It was $10,000 if I were greedy, like many, many mortgage brokers, I would have raised the rate on him and charged him 3% and made $30,000 for doing a little paperwork. That, that, it it varies quite a bit, doesn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, that's why you can always negotiate with your loan broker because basically the rate you're getting includes their fees. At least that's the way it used to be. It's all changed. And so it's way, I mean, post bubble, it's all different. Yeah. Dodd, Dodd Frank laws have, have made it, uh, very difficult to make money now as a mortgage broker. Back then, it was hand over fist. So, you know, I <laughs> I came home, I'm like, it honey, was, our money problems are over. <laughs> I, I, I can share because I went through, um, I can't, I literally lost count how many mortgages I did. Mm-hmm. But I know I lost money on every, on every go. <laughs> you know, it, I, we all did. It's what course. you did. That's what you, know, you did. <laughs> your house value went up and you'd refi, take some cash off. Out, no, pay I was off not credit. taking any cash. No, off. All, no, all I was doing was trying to get out of, you know, sucky interest rate and, and avoid a balloon payment. That's all I cared about. I didn't need the money. I just couldn't afford the future. <laughs> right. And yeah. then, and then as the bubble, sort of like came and went, it was like interest rates are going down, 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 down. And, and then every time I would think, oh, I'm good now. I, I don't need another loan. Then they would go down two more points and I'd go, I should refi, you know, just yeah. to save more money. Right. So, but and, yeah, know, I did it way didn't too many times. Yeah. Well, you might not have lost money because they would cover all that. You know, it would, I, yeah. Well, you know, you, you're just, I mean, I didn't lose a whole lot of value and I stayed up, I kept my head above water. So mm-hmm. I, w- I did way better than a lot of people that <sighs> just like walk, had to walk away and yep. it got really ugly there for a lot of folks. Um, so we survived, but Good. it was, and we did fine, you know, and now um, we're actually talking my it's just funny <laughs> like two weeks ago now maybe or maybe even less than that my wife came home and said we got to talk and i'm like uh-oh what, what's going on and i and she's like ah this new president blah blah yeah. blah 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 right she's like i gotta quit so what i'm thinking is we should move to phoenix <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like woohoo because i've been kind of wanting to get out of california for a long time Mm-hmm. Mostly just because we've been here too long and I'm bored because we were we moved all the time in the Air Force. Mm. So so anyway, now we're we're looking at buying a house in Phoenix and then you know do that first with a mortgage and then come back and sell this house for whatever the market will be and then pay off that mortgage that should be about maybe we're hoping about a third maybe a little bit more than a third of the value that we're going to sell for, and mm-hmm. then just have this big chunk of cash. 
Mm-hmm. And a way less uh, cost of living over there. Yeah. But step A is I got to get a job <laughs> somewhere in Phoenix. Yep. Or, you know, become a real estate investor. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little tougher to do in Phoenix now. The prices have really uh, gone up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? They're going up now in Phoenix? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, they're, yeah. I mean, they're still more affordable than most places, but it's not, it's hard to be an investor there. I understand. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So, so let's walk through the starting a business to do this. So so we got sort of like just the, how it started, but you became a co-founder and a CEO. When did you decide to co-found the Real Wealth Network? Well, what happened is the show became such a success and we were interviewing so many successful real estate investors because back then it was almost hard to screw it up. Um, real estate had been going this up. This is still pre, pre-bubble. Pre-bubble, yeah. Right. So, I mean, you could do a lot of stupid things and still make money. And, you know, <laughs> and so right. people just didn't know that there was a downside. And, mm. and so everyone I interviewed was just, you know, oh, yeah, I bought right, this. Right, right. And I took the money out and bought that. And I made more money. And then I got something in Florida and I made another hundred. You know, and then just, I got a bunch of credit cards <laughs> and I bought another place. <laughs> yeah. I, know, that I remember kind of that. Yeah. So um, It was crazy. So then there were real estate investment groups popping up all over the place. And because my show became so successful, I started to get asked to speak at these different real estate events. And by then, because I interviewed so many people and authors and CPAs and attorneys, I really had become quite an expert myself. So I would go and and speak at these events. And I would see back at the day, there were so many of those slick events where you know, some guy in a suit with a really great presentation and a good hairdo would, um, you know, would uh, yeah. give some really impressive speech about how you're going to become a millionaire if you do this, this, and this, and just go if back you, to the. If you spend about a thousand dollars or more, a thousand if you're lucky. It was my right. big twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Sign wow. up for my boot camp, and I'll show you how to do this. Well, you know, it just didn't look real, and it and, looks um, scammy. It looked scammy, but I'd see people run to the back of the room and buy the stuff. And uh, But it also looked like too much work. You know, they were teaching how you go knock on doors and try to find foreclosures and talk people out of their properties and blah, blah. And I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And um, and so at one of those events, I was sitting next to a man who was actu- an actual investor. He raised his hand when this guy was talking about foreclosures. And this is back before there were foreclosures. The crisis hadn't happened. Right. And, um, and this guy goes, uh, so you know, what you just said is actually not legal here in California. And the guy, the speaker goes, oh, okay, we're going to take a break. And then he he goes to the back of the room where we're sitting and he escorts this man out and he says, don't you come back. So that's when I realized that uh, there was a lot of scam happening in these real estate investment clubs and that there wasn't really a place for people to just learn investing and not have to go buy a bunch of boot camp stuff. Right. And okay. So then I, you know, I told, I came home and told Rich that and he goes, well, let's do it. And mm. so we, we called it the real wealth network because we wanted to only talk to real people, no suits allowed, nothing for sale. Uh, okay. Just, just the, the, the millionaire next door type person, the person who, just wants to share their knowledge because they're so successful and they've, they've made it. Oh, wow. So that's what we did and just started these monthly meetings and 
um, you know, with a little bit of a goal to put the fraudulent groups out of business because people could come to our groups and get real information for 20 bucks, you know, and, and not have to, you know, spend $10,000 on a program. Instead, we were like, spend that on real estate, you know, get a yeah. good property. I, uh, I, you can always tell because I got scammed on those too, because, you know, back in the, in the pre-bubble days, mm-hmm. it was just, you get caught up in the exuberance. You know? <laughs> they're, they're, they're professional speakers that know the system. Yeah. They know how to take right. you through the emotional curve. I went to one of them. A friend of mine became a guru. I won't say any names, but mm-hmm. um, I, this is when I had already become a quote unquote guru in my own realm. Um, and I went to her event and I found myself running to the back of the room to buy her product. <laughs> of course. And, and somebody saw me there and they're like, wait, aren't you Kathy Fetke? Don't you teach this? <laughs> <laughs> You already know all this. Why are you buying this? I'm like, oh, you're right. I mean, you can really get drawn in. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I don't know at what point. I think my wife and I went to one, and before I knew it, I had written a check and bought something for like seven hundred dollars. And yeah. and that you know, like I said, it's not as bad. It's not ten thousand. So. <laughs> okay, at least I only got frocked out of 700 bucks. Um, but she was like, she, I think had the, the idea. I don't remember exactly. It may have been me, but I was like, if they're making all this money using their system, why are they selling their system? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that, and that's, that's right. You know, my husband would say the same thing and he could just smell a skunk, you know, a mile away. I couldn't, right, I just, right, right. all I could see was the you know, the beautiful white and black coat <laughs> of the skunk. Oh, it's so, it's so easy to get, to get suckered. It is so easy. So, you know, we, that's always been the premise of, of our network. And so because we were legit and because I had a, a, a great show, um, I was able to bring on real people. And I, I decided I only want people who've done this for 30, 40 years can prove that they're super successful. At, I, I hope they're terrible speakers, but I'm just going to get up there on stage and help them talk about their experience. And, and so from that, um, as the, as we got closer to 2006, they were flashing warning signs at my groups, at my events saying, you've got to get, you've got to sell. There's a terrible bubble. Um, however, there are parts of the country where it's the opposite. And, and so that's one thing a lot of people don't realize is that the U S cycles in different phases. So right. at the time, different markets hit yeah. different times, yeah. different times. So mm. California was way overvalued, way overvalued, like mm-hmm. ridiculous, but Texas was 28% undervalued, meaning that jobs, you know, there was a massive job growth, population growth, um, salaries increasing, but home prices had not yet. Okay. So there was a big demand. Big demand for, for homes. Property. Right. But because Texas had never boomed, um, nobody cared. They're like, nothing happens in Texas. But these experts, okay. real, the real deal people that were on my show were like, oh no, we're selling all of our California holdings and we're exchanging it for Texas property. 
And so, wow. you know, I told people to do they were the doing same. math. <laughs> they were doing the math. And so, wow, uh, you know, one that. example is this lady came to me and she had three properties in Stockton, California, worth $400,000 $400, each. They were absolute teardowns in the ghetto, high crime, mm -hmm. just a nightmare. She had to pour all this money in to fix them. She didn't want to. She wanted to retire. She was making $1,200 rent on those three properties. I said, all right, let's help you sell these three properties we will be able to get you 10 properties brand new in good neighborhoods near jobs in Texas. And each of those homes will rent for the same amount. So she's like, let's do it. And she sold those three Stockton properties. Her cash flow quadrupled. She was able to turn in the retirement letter. She quit her job from all the cash flow. And a year later, when the crisis hit, those Stockton properties were worth about 100000 wow. So whoever bought them from her at the peak had not been listening to my show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, this, you just never know. You know, the, well, you knew, but, but you had uh, your proverbial head in the bucket, you know, so you saw it coming. We, we looked, I learned about metrics and that yeah. you can't, you know, affordability is everything. And at some point, when that gets out of whack, I mean, the, the government and, and banks and they all tried to mess with it for a while where it's like, yeah, okay. Oh yeah. They artificially <laughs> maintain the bubble for they several sure quarters. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I, I mean, know. I you know. could get a, a starter rate, a teaser rate. You'd qualify on a teaser rate, which was a fraction of your actual payment. Mm. But, but when that payment adjusted, there was no way it could be paid. Yeah. Did you see the movie, The Big Short? Oh yeah, what did you think? Um, Pretty it was enlightening, ac or? totally accurate. I know it was funny too. <laughs> yep, it was so funny, but so so accurate. Yeah, absolutely, right, hundred right, percent. Right, right. The uh, who was it? The the crazy mathematician that that started the Big Short. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I don't I know his name. Oh, Christian well. Bale, I think, was the uh -huh. actor. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know the guy's name. I think they called him Mike. But that whole scenario of this huge math brain, right? <laughs> Figuring out years before this is going to happen that, and then he actually is sort of like why it happens. That's, that was fascinating to me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. So anyway, okay. So let's talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of, of the real wealth network. So sure. yeah, yeah. What, 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 how does it work? If I wanted to join Mm -hmm. hypothetically speaking, what do I do? Yeah. So we still, uh, basically have the same theme. It's called real wealth network. Cause we only offer real information. Nothing is for sale. Um, we bring in, you know, the, the best of the best to talk about how they've achieved wealth and are probably what we're most famous for now is finding markets like we did back then. Um, understanding the market cycles, getting out of the bubbles, getting into the emerging markets and warning people. So um, when you go to Real Wealth Network, it's free to join. Okay. And then you get, uh, you can talk to one of our investment counselors to kind of look at your portfolio and see what you can do that makes sense for you. So and then, sort of like what you did with that guy with all the millions of dollars, but a little less stressy? Yeah, like now <laughs> I know how to do it. <laughs> Understood. Okay, cool. It's so funny. So, um, so then we... Uh, we also have my book, Retire Rich with Rentals, which you can get on Amazon. And that kind of walks you through the process of, you know, buying one rental property at a time. But the biggest fear people have is 
property management. They don't want to fix toilets. And my goodness, neither do I. So I don't. Good um, call. We, yeah, we hire property management companies, just like any business. The owner of the business shouldn't be ordering supplies for the office or cleaning the toilets there either. So, you know, you treat it like a business, Mm -hmm. a property management for those things. And, um, and that's how we grew to kind of like a, I guess, Angie's list type thing where we have property managers nationwide that have come highly recommended by the 24,000 members in our network. Wow. 24,000. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, and so they, you know, these are vetted property management companies, and then we find teams in the the best and strongest emerging markets in the U.S. that can find properties for investors and and get them fully renovated and put the a qualified tenant in place and offer ongoing management for what we call a turnkey rental property. Wow, that sounds pretty yeah. damn amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, like. How how many properties does one need to say like meet their needs as far as cash flow goes? I, I guess that varies for everybody, but yeah, yeah, it varies. Uh, basically, whatever it takes, I suppose. Whatever right? it takes, but yeah. um, what we target and and one of what we call like a ten pack. This is sort of a solution for people who kind of looked at look at the calendar and go, oh, I'm nowhere close to retirement. <laughs> you know, okay, um, that. We target $100,000 properties that rent for about 1%, so about $1,000 a month. And with 20% down, because banks will lend you investor loans with just 20% down, you can get up to 10 of those. Um, wow. You put, yeah. You put $20,000 down, your loan is for $80,000, and after all expenses, you should be cash flowing about $300 a month on a deal like that. So we tell people, well, if you can work up to 10 of those, then that $300 a month is $3,000 a month, which is $36,000 a year, which if you're trying to accelerate your retirement plan, you would take all all that. Yeah. You take all of it and you pay off the first loan. So you have one house paid off completely just from cash flow in two years. That's not bad. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. (laughs) You keep... Doing it, you'll have all 10 properties paid off in 12 years. Your initial investment on that would be $250,000. So it's not for everybody, but um, but it is a way to get to 12 years from now. You would have $100,000 properties paid off. So that's a million dollars cash. And the cash flow from that would be about $100,000 a year. You can um, live on that, okay. That you can live on, yeah. Wow. But if you don't have that money, you start with one. You know, you start with one. Right, right. You start where you're at. Yeah. Just like everything else. Yep. <laughs> but that's some pretty easy math. <laughs> you know, it's pretty. It's an overview, but that's no, no, no. I get it. No, no, no. I works. like it. No, yeah, no. It, it wasn't a ding on the pretty easy math. It just, oh. it was, uh, it was easy to follow. So, yeah. good job. <laughs> it's surprisingly easy. I, I, I couldn't stand going to our financial planner's office and having them try to explain whatever they were telling us to invest in. Like none of it made sense. And you know, you gotta, you gotta get your equities here and you gotta get long and bonds and 40% here and your asset allocations, you know, ah, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 I know. And so, but real estate, most people just kind of get it, you know, 
you still need to study and learn, but um, right, right. So what easy. are what are the downsides? I mean, there's got to be things that that you have to hedge against, right? It's not all sunny and rosy. What what are the, uh-huh. so, some of the pitfalls? Yeah, the like pitfalls, not finding a renter, right? That would be bad. Yeah, and and if you're in the right neighborhood, that won't be a problem. Right. So the the biggest problem I've seen people do is they they maybe find something online and think, oh my gosh, it's a great price. I'm going to do that. Or they they go, you know, they hear me and say, oh, Dallas, a good market. Okay. And they go there and they hire a real estate agent who knows nothing about investment property, Mm. only sells primary residences. So they don't know what it's really going to rent for or if there's demand. So there's things you have to understand. It's very, very different than just living in a house. And so we, for sure, this is part of being a member of Real Wealth Network. You get this data and these metrics, but, you know, where is the rental demand? And that's where you want to buy. Right. And if you buy there, then you're going to have renters. I mean, there'd be no reason you wouldn't unless you didn't take care of your property or, you know, there's some strange reason why you couldn't. But, um, but you, you know, you, again, I've had people say, well, I bought this property and hasn't rented. And I go look and say, well, it's not near anything. <laughs> <That's> no. <laughs> Who told you to buy that? <laughs> right. You got to be near jobs. You know, that's right. the key. Right. You got to follow yes. the jobs. And uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. an example is my So you have to really, that's what the network is doing. It's yeah. doing the homework yes. with you for you. Yeah, we're going to f- tell you where the jobs are. And right. and so we and we want to find out like to really get the biggest bang for your buck, you want to find out where jobs are going that nobody knows about yet. Mm. So mm. like in in Pittsburgh, I bet you didn't know it's the second largest film industry in the country besides Hollywood. Wow. No. But you didn't know it. See, no most clue. people don't. Yeah. No. So there's a new film studio going in and so my husband and I bought a duplex there for $55,000. <laughs> Wow. We fixed it up. Wow. A little, I know, a duplex. Super cheap. <laughs> and each side rents for 550. Wow. And they just signed a 5-year lease because it's a great it's just a great area. So, you know, it just you can I mean, of course there's going to be problems. You're going to get the bad tenant and you're someone's going to lose their job and you're going to have vacancies and somebody's going to paint the wrong color on the wall, whatever. These things happen. You have, but yeah, yeah. There's always you, downsides. So it's not. always this. Yeah, yeah. But it's the same. It's like, manageable. Oh, it's, well, you put money aside for that and you, you mm. just add it into your calculations. So it's the same like I, I run a business. I need to have reserves. Right. You need to have, you know, it's like insurance without being insurance. You know that a certain number of percentage are going to be crappy renters. They're going to skip out on their deposit or not pay you rent or or do some damage, so you have to have some money set aside to cover that. You just set aside, and then you don't get upset when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, do you vet? Um, you try to vet your 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 um, tenants as, as as best you can. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have now. Who does that? Is that is that part of the the property management? property management? Yeah. They... Oh, really? Oh, they're vetting the uh, the tenants too. Yeah, because they wow, that's they good. have they they can do things we can't. They can run the credit reports and the mm-hmm. criminal reports, and and they know they know the excuses people make. I mean, that's what they that's their that's their job. So right, they they can read BS better than most people. Like <laughs> I tried right. to rent our properties, and I fell for every line that guy gave me. You know, right, it, right. Oh, you know, he's sick, so we couldn't make 
the rent that month. And oh, his daughter was sick. You know, it's just like, oh, okay, no problem. Yeah. But, you know, a property management's going to say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You're, we're going to have The sheriff to will be there next yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, it's like, this is a business. And yeah. anyone who's been a renter, I, you know, when I was in college, it's like, what can I get away with? You know, I mean, you know, that's. It's kind of like what you do when you're young what, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and renting. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I remember it was really, really hard for me to find a place to rent when I was in my twenties, uh, and in the air force. So it was like three single guys trying to find a place to rent in Hawaii. Oh my goodness. Nobody wanted to rent us. They're like, Oh, you guys have just like damage all over you. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it was true a little bit, but Mm. not as extreme. I mean, our, our sort of damage was just like, yeah, we, we don't understand how things work and there's like stuff on the carpet in that, uh, you know, it uh, wasn't like serious drywall damage or anything like right, that. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. this has been great. I mean, this sounds like a lot of fun. I, I actually want to talk more about this because if I could get my wife down um, and take a free... Now, where can I attend one of your monthly meetings? Do I have to go to where you are? Well, our live events are in San Francisco, like San Mateo area, and then in LA at the LAX airport. I'm in LA. Ah, that makes it easier. Yep. We do it (laughs) once a month and we fly in uh, our different teams. So um, this last week we had people in from Jacksonville, Florida and Cape Coral where there's vacation properties there that can be rented through Airbnb so the cash flow is even higher. Right, um, right. That's, a, yeah. It's a great plan. And then Jacksonville is a good, solid working class um, area. And we like that. So we just, um, we, we bring people in so that our local Californians can just see the options out there because they just don't know that it's possible. They're used to negative cash flow and $500,000 minimum purchase for a dump, you know. Right. Uh, so, you know, we just show the options. And so next month, let's see, for July, we have Birmingham and Dallas teams coming out to talk about properties there. Um, the following month, you know, we just we just profile different parts of the country that are really great opportunities. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now I have to talk to my wife. <laughs> yeah, I'm come. literally excited to try this. Oh, you know, I, been- my, uh, you nailed all of my I don't want to's. Right. <laughs> so whenever I looked at real estate investing in the past, I was like, yeah, I don't want to be a landlord. You said you're not going to be a landlord. <laughs> that's, yeah. the, that's the property manager. That's and right. I, and then I was like, well, you know, what if I don't find a renter? And it's like, well, you can hedge against that. You know, yeah. not everybody's going to be a problem. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, you're right. They're so, really not. Most people are not a problem. I mean, right. you know, I would but, say, yeah, it's like the, the minority, right? So like two yeah. out of 10 or something are going to be mm-hmm. bad. Right. Yeah. But if you really do your screening, right. And if you buy right and you offer a, a lovely property and you, you're respectful, but you also have very strict boundaries. I mean, you know, some of our property managers, they, they teach this stuff. So they know what works. And some of the things that works is, Hey, if you pay your rent on time, you get a discount. You know, if you don't mm. pay your rent, you're going to get fined. So mm. there's, it's just like you could walk in, like we were talking about childcare. You can walk into a daycare that is just craziness. Kids running around and it's dangerous. And then you can walk into a Montessori or something and they're all sitting doing something proper. <laughs> you know? Right, right. They're having fun. 
They're, yeah. But they're doing it in a, in a, in a kind of a structured way. A structured way. So yeah. it's the same with property management. You, you can set them up to win or you can have it be a nightmare. So it just all comes down to structures. So you're not, you're not a recommender of, of flipping so much, huh? Uh, I like flipping, but it is, um, we found based because we're based in California that most people don't have time. They are, it is, busy. It is very, yeah. very busy work. It's hard and, yeah. and you can get it wrong. And most people get it wrong the first couple of times and they yeah. lose money. Right. And, and so, um, you know, some people just want to do it. They love it. And if you do it right, you can make money, but you have to time it perfectly because right now in California we've peaked. So you could be in the middle of a flip and all of a sudden prices decline by 10%. Mm, right. So you want to flip when the market's on the up, which would be, Uptick. which would have been like right. two, three years ago. Right. Yeah. So we're peaked right now. Oh, we're real no. close. Oh yeah, yeah, wow. we're real close. This is why we're telling people this is it's ten years later from the last peak. Every ten years we have a recession. It's nothing to be surprised about. We're due, huh? We're due. It's we're due. you know everything you see in the paper is rents are too high, prices are high, it's past affordability. It's it's two thousand six. If you can't see it. Just go look up 2006 and I see. Believe, what I believe you because I already know your head's in the bucket. Not, <laughs> you, only, you know, I only looked at home prices just because I wanted to know, you know, what I would get. You know, that's the only reason I looked. So, mm-hmm. uh, but you're looking at it all the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. So yeah. why why believe me? Yeah, I believe you. For I mean, sure. you can get opportunity. Rich and I found we were renting in Malibu because we didn't think we'd ever own anything, and uh, we found a. Just a sweet, sweet deal. We we found a single family home two miles from the beach for seven hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Which that's amazing. Some, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> depending on who I'm talking to, they they kind of are quiet and they're like, "Is she saying that's a good deal?" Or you know, because, <laughs> right, right. You know, it yeah. Well, I've been here that. since two thousand three, so I know anything with Malibu sub a million anything. Yeah, yeah. Is oh my god. <laughs> it's a good deal. A single family with a lot of land. I mean, it's wow. It's crazy. Now, of course, it needed work but yeah you know that's okay so you can find deals yeah it's just harder you know but just you just don't want to pay top dollar like we have so many chinese investors coming in and paying top dollar that kind driving of ruins prices it up. yeah it does it does right. so there is a bubble based on a lot of foreign investment um so you just have to be careful and, really? and don't buy that yeah so so it's basically cheap for them so they don't want to mess around and negotiate or do anything they just want to yeah. buy it it's just cheap or they, they want, um, they want to move fast. They want their money out of China. They want diversification uh, a- any right, day. Right, right. Things, rules could change there. So Got it. it's safety for them. Gotcha. Yeah. It's like a, a, a 20 year bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. I mean, sometimes it just sits vacant. Sometimes they don't even rent them or they hope wow. that maybe someday they can live in it, you know, mm-hmm. or vacation Jeez. in it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. This has been a blast. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. You're very fun to talk to, Kathy. I thank you. Like of, let me see here, realwealthnetwork.com. Did I, did I, did we hit all the points? You got it. Realwealthnetwork.com. Membership yeah. is free. You get lots of learning. We make it real simple. Yeah. My book, my book is super simple. I've, I've have kids read it and they want to invest, you know, so it's like retire rich with rentals. You'll really get the basics and you'll be inspired. <laughs> I'm going to check out the book. Awesome. Because I don't want to look for jobs anymore. I really don't want one. I figured Perfect. that out. Yeah, I don't really want one. I, I've learned also that I'm not really, you know, 
all that good at entrepreneurship. I'm just <laughs> done kind of working. I don't mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean. <laughs> I actually love it uh, because it's I'm obsessed with this, but it is my own company and I work on my own terms. And that's what right. we try to teach people. Right. And that, I yeah. think that's the, that's the key um, for me is mm-hmm. that if I'm not, you know, a net gain in fun time, then I keep looking. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't yeah. want to like get this cool thing that I really love and then work a hundred hours a week. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, right. I want to increase my beach time. I wanna... <laughs> exactly. And, and have fun doing the thing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. Great. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you. All right. You, we'll talk again soon. Maybe, um, uh, we'll, uh, we'll check back in another six months or a year and catch up. That sounds great. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.